If the left was logical, or was founded on a logical premise, it could not be criticized, not logically. This will be unpacked as we move through the discussion. However, it makes sense to say that if the left was logical, logical persons would be attracted to its arguments. They are not. This is why a right and a left exist politically, economically, and even within Christianity. It is the position of logical minds only that there is one reason only for being critical of an idea or ideology, and that is because the idea or ideology is illogical. Illogical ideas are conceptually unsound and therefore are inherently inconsistent. Its ideas do not make sense on logical grounds. The most fundamental rule of logic is that A equals A. This is just a way of saying that an idea has to be coherent. It cannot contradict itself. But we will find the position of the left is logically unsound, and there is a logical reason for this. When an opinion is conceptually unsound, it contradicts itself. There is no requirement to find factual error in a logically incoherent claim. Discovering logical error is not about factual knowledge. We do not suggest there is a fact the left misrepresents. What we are saying is that the left's narrative is garbled. The left holds positions that are mutually exclusive. It cannot be both for freedom and tyranny. And yet, the conception of freedom that the left has is based on tyranny. This is why liberalism is so closely associated with fascism. Logical minds only does not produce empirical studies or search out facts that conflict with what is claimed by the group being discussed. What logical minds only does is look at the words or concepts used by the person or group to see if these words and ideas make sense and how they are being used. When the left says it promotes human liberty, logical minds only takes them at their word. We look at what liberty means to the left and we simply ask, assuming this idea to be a valid representation of their position, does the idea make any sense? Does the liberal view of freedom hold up under scrutiny? Does the concept have real meaning when we look at it under an intellectual microscope? If the concepts a group uses cannot withstand the scrutiny of analytical discussion, then the group is promoting irrational ideas. When we look at the left as an idea, the concept of the left as a meaningful concept begins to shatter into disparate fragments. The very idea of a political and economic left is not rational. We cannot see human freedom and liberty when we look at the left. In fact, the left has existence only as a parasite of the right. Logical minds only demonstrates that the left owes its existence to the right, and like any parasite, will cease to exist were it to destroy its host. But let's take a closer look at the left and its discontents. Because when we look at the position the left takes, 
we find it is a position of irateness. It is a position of petulance, griping, and petty nagging. Left has no substance beyond its irascible discontent with the activity going on on the right. So what can we uncover when we unpack the concept of the left? The left as the party of liberty and human freedom, like so much that is presented by the left, strikes one as being desirable and humane, until one asks what the left is actually talking about. What is freedom in a human context? Free of what? Liberals do not promise freedom from disease or poverty or freedom from the state or even freedom from the left. The one thing they do not promise that we will not be oppressed by the liberal state. How can liberals give us freedom if they do not control our every movement and thought? No one can give anyone absolute freedom. We are flesh and blood. We are social creatures. We are hemmed in on all sides by restrictions imposed by both nature and man. In fact, it is the foolish person who thinks they have any chance at all of being free. To be free is to be God, and we are not God. The only freedom liberals can give us is freedom from God. There are no other freedoms. In response to this, the liberal would reply that the state gives us human freedom, freedom from want, from racism, from discrimination. The state gives us freedom to be ourself. This is a strong argument, but who or what opposes human freedom? If it is not the state, it is those who act as if they were the state. Even so, we are not done with this issue yet. Liberals say the left is about freedom. But what does this mean in reality? We need to unpack this fully and expose the contents fully. To begin with, we must look at what they say is suppressing us and the process we'll be using to free us. First of all, we need to investigate what is meant by freedom. What is this idea that sounds so attractive? As we have said, we are physical creatures bound to this earth and the needs of physical creatures. Liberals cannot free us from the laws of physics or nature. They can say they will free us from the imposition created by others. But let's look more closely at what this means. A person isolated is not free. Indeed, very few, if anyone, can last for very long entirely on their own. Even if they manage to survive physically, it would be at a very low level, and their psyche would not likely survive without becoming severely damaged in some way. So we need each other. Any hint that there is a freedom without other people is not truthful. Any suggestion we can be free within society is also a lie. We might be extremely rich and powerful and a tyrant, but even so there are limits on how free we can be, even with extreme power disparities working in our favor. A society in which we are all equal is what a liberal ought to promise us if they really are sincere about giving freedom to people. Herein lays the problem. Because if liberals give us all equality, then what does this mean for a group or ideology to be giving people freedom? Does that not suggest that we must have been enslaved 
Are liberals talking about emancipation, and if so, from what or whom? If they are granting us equality as freedom, how do they propose to do this? Who is the tyrant that can impose equality on people? That is, if a group is going to ensure we have equality, then they must be superior to the group they are reforming. To give us equality means you are not our equal, but our superior. We do not know what is meant by freedom, and now we are not sure what is meant by equality. Liberals give voice to terms that are undefined and often undefinable. There is no perfect human being outside of the Bible, and so no standard by which all other human beings can be aligned to. So what is the standard or basis for the claim? We will all be free because we are all equal. There are two kinds of equality liberals aspire to. Equality of outcome means we all end up in the same social arena. Equality of opportunity refers mostly to an environment in which money is not the defining factor. But liberals do not stop there. They often go on to try and eliminate natural differences, such as those relating to intelligence and aptitude. Just because one was born cripple, there's no reason why one ought not to be a star athlete or at minimum win an equal number of trophies. However, who asked us if we all want to end up in the same space? Do we want an equal opportunity to be a sports person if we prefer mental pastimes? If central planning cannot keep shoes and bread on the store shelves, how is central planning going to find enough administrators to ensure we are all put in equally sized boxes, conceptually speaking. This is actually frightening as one looks at what is meant by liberals. Not that they may even know what they are talking about, but the logic is irrefutable. Therefore, it is important to understand just what is being applied, rather than listening to the marketing. Liberals might think they mean one thing, when talking about fighting for human freedom. But what does it come down to in the real world? Let's look at what has been established so far. We've concluded that liberalism's main argument is that humans ought to be free. This is their main talking point. We see that to be free in any sense of the word. The best we can hope for is equality. If there are power disparities, and our freedom is a privilege granted by an autocrat, we are not truly free. But instead of solving anything, this line of thinking only created even worse problems. If freedom is based on equality, how does an equal give anyone anything? The thinking is contradictory. Even so, if we are to be equal, what is the measuring stick that will be used? Do you want to be the clone of someone else? Or do you even want anyone to be the clone of you? We all love our individuality. And it might be said, for the most part, we appreciate the individuality of everyone else. The win given you, because you are deemed incapable of gaining the win for yourself, which opens the door to questions of whether being given wins as an athlete even has significance for someone who is looking to make their name as a singer. When it comes down to the level of action, what can someone else do for us? 
as regards making us free. It seems the most that can be done is to leave us alone other than providing us with the things we want. This the government attempts to do, but this does not end the discussion. We must look at this intervention provided by governments. Let's say I wish to be a famous opera singer. If I was from a rich family, perhaps, I could be given enough training and opportunity that I might make a name for myself. But what if I am poor? Is it fair that my ambition will be hindered simply because my parents failed to make the money other parents made? Liberals would step in here and give me a grant. This might be enough. It might be wasted because I'm not able to achieve that level of expertise or because I choose not to do what it would take to gain that level of proficiency. The point is, the money is invested in me without any benefit. For a liberal, perhaps this does not matter. All that may be important is that I was given an equal chance with what my richer neighbor had. Is this what is called creating a level playing field? Perhaps. But once more, we have to question what this really means. Remember, logical minds only is not questioning the integrity of the persons promoting these ideas. However, no matter how well-meaning the motives, do we want our resources going into research for the philosopher's stone? If not, then why would we want our resources going to any other idealistic notion with no basis in reality? If equality is prima facie incoherent, how can we achieve it? If the very notion of equality cannot be defined, how do we measure our success in achieving it? If we are going to chase rainbows, then let's admit we are chasing a fantasy and illusion, so we know whether we really want to invest our labor and our resources into the project. To put the issue in stark relief, Think of an island owned by a woman named Julie. She rents this island to her two brothers, Arnold and Charles. Being family, she makes no rules other than to ensure the rent is paid, and she goes on a trip for a couple of years. Arriving back at the island, she finds Arnold farming nearly 80% of the island and Charles and his family on a small section by the ocean housed in a shack. She is upset and she asks Charles how he ended up with such a small portion. Charles explains about his bad health, his inability to send his kids to the mainland to get educated, his bad luck, and so on. He survives by doing odd jobs given to him by Arnold. Unhappy about this, Julie takes the rent provided by Arnold and gives this to Charles to help him get on his feet. She also forgives him the rent he has not been able to pay because of all the bad luck he has had. Many economists argue the economy is not a zero-sum game, and the success of one does not mean hardship for the other. This can be true, but it can also be untrue. In Charles's case, he has money, so he no longer needs to work. Its kids do not want to go to school, and so after a few tries, he gives up and lets them continue to run wild. Arnold is not good at making tools and fixing things, but he's a good administrator and accountant. He's just not good with his hands and cannot handle all the work of the farm without Charles and his kids. 
So ultimately, his section falls into disrepair. Julie returns after two years, finds no rent, and the entire island overrun with weeds, and both properties now in a state of disrepair. Of course, this is an extreme example to illustrate a fact of life, and that is, people are not equal. In a different environment, Charles might have done well, but as a farmer, he was uninspired. This also teaches us an important lesson. As unequals, both Arnold and Charles were better off than they were as equals. To clarify this some more, let's imagine Charles taking Julie's money and farming his half of the island. We have two identical farmers with identical properties, both farming in an identical fashion. Both will find life hard because neither has any use for the other and they need to do everything themselves without the help of the other. Society requires inequality in the sense of people with differing abilities. This is not a one-dimensional variance. People are not to be scored on a single attribute. The ability to manage money ought not to be the single most important attribute defining where one ends up on the socio-economic spectrum. At the same time, we were created to be dependent on each other. This encapsulates what the free market is, an absolute interdependence of all of us. A more realistic solution to the dilemma of the island would be to give the island to Arnold to farm and to help Charles set up a processing facility or some complementary business that he was good at. Uniqueness is not the enemy. Individuality is not something to be suspicious of. The whole secret to economic development is specialization. We need to celebrate the differences that lead to unique ways of adding value to the common things of the world. As a liberal, there seemed good reason for Julia to be outraged and attempt to write the imbalance. No doubt she was upset more of finding out that her good intentions had only made things worse. In her eyes, Arnold was greedy and Charles the innocent victim. This only serves to highlight the difficulty of forcing others to adopt the same values that you have. Charles did not like farming and was willing to live in poverty to have freedom to fish and relax. Perhaps if he had had the option to open a store, he would have excelled at that. But in the environment of the island, this was not an option. Neither man liked farming, in fact. But Arnold's ability to hire Charles, when necessary, to do the planting and reaping that neither liked, gave both men the opportunity to do more of what they did enjoy. Arnold was forced to find ways to cater to Charles' predilections, actually, just so he could get the most work out of him, so that he could get the most time away from what he did not like doing. This is what the free market is about. It is why we need our neighbors. But unless we are all striving to make life easier for our neighbors by seeking ways to make it possible for them to live their ideal life, we will find it harder to live the life we want. This is the dilemma mankind is in. We cannot live in isolation and we cannot live with other people unless we make life easier for them. This cannot be done by fiat. 
no one can sit on a throne and command from on high what life is best for the next person. It takes a community. Arnold was limited by the life he could offer Charles. However, he actually did try. Julie, as a liberal, had decided what the ideal situation was and attempted to impose this on both men, with disastrous results. This is why rich socialist countries devolve down to poverty-stricken communist ones. While capitalism is only marginally better than socialism, marginally better is always better than marginally worse. With a community seeking to find ways of making Charles' life more productive, the community would be far better off. It is possible that with more people involved, he could have made a comfortable life fishing. Regardless, it is all of us seeking ways to specialize and help others to find what they are best at, why we prosper. Civilization is a measure of the amount of specialization we have created. The processes and the ide ideology of the left is not good at generating specialization. Capitalism is flawed, but it is better at this than socialism is. Greed is a poor motivator, but it is still a motivator. If you would like to up your game and find a better way to generate specialization than that provided by capitalism, look at the solutions Logical Minds Only provides both at its website, logicalmindsonly, one word, dot com, and in these podcasts. Equality is possible, but only if we are all equally motivated to help each other specialize in the most unique and individual way possible. If we have an administrator guiding our choices as to which niche we are to occupy, and the way we are going to help our fellow men, we are not going to be able to help others find their proper place in community. Our specialization is our method of helping others to specialize in turn, and this is the key to creating a prosperous and peaceful civilization. If the left cannot see or understand this, it is devoid of logic.